know that's a good word, ain't it? Good to have our visitors here. And uh, good to have y'all with us. Just make yourself at home. Yes. If you come back again, you won't be a visitor. You'll be home, folks. That's right. It's good to be here. I want, let's do this right here. Let's do a little fellowship time. Yes. Play a little bit more of that right there. Just reach around and grab somebody. Mm -hmm. and tell them to
anybody have a word of testimony or a word of praise? Uh, we did have a praise report earlier, but if you got a word of praise uh, or just, just mind the Lord this morning. Just mind the Lord. Well, let's do this right here. We're going to sing one. So, Wayne, before we sing, another thing I'd like to do is, boy, it's a joy to be here this morning. Amen. I'm just full of the Holy Spirit this morning. And I love the Lord and I love being around God's people. Amen. And uh, glad of feel. But before we sing anymore, I'd like to ask Michaela to come up to the front of the church, oh, yes. if she will. And uh, those of you, most of you already know, but uh, Sister Michaela will be graduating from Susan Moore High School this coming Thursday. And uh, we love her and appreciate her. She's been a blessing to our church. And uh, her senior class has gone through a lot. They really have. I, I thought about when I was uh, thinking about her graduating, I thought about the ups and downs that y'all have gone through. They had they lost some class members this this year, and, and uh, I know that they've had some good times and some high times and some bad times, but all through it, I believe the Lord has been with them and helped them. We're proud of them, Kayla, and we're going to pray that uh, God will lead her through college and through her Amen. career, whatever. Uh, she feels led to do, and we know that she'll be good at it. I'm glad today where a lot of people say that a lot of our young people have gone to pot. They haven't. No. Uh, I tell you, we've, still, we've got some good young folks yes. uh, in this world today and in our community. So I want to take uh, this opportunity. The uh, church wants to present you this Bible as a token of our appreciation to you and wish you the best of luck and, and you just keep depending on the Lord and there's going to be good times and there's going to be tough times there's going to be decisions you're going to have to make and you're going to wonder which direction to go just always seek his leadership okay. we sure do love you Six. I'd rather have you. <laughs> 
Hey, step through the lesson we're singing. Brother Wayne, I, I'd like to say I love the Lord. And uh, I really like that song. I, I think it's one of my daughter's favorite songs. Uh, she always likes when we're here to sing it. But uh, I, 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 the truth of that song, uh, Linda used to work in intensive care at Caraway. And Caraway would take the worst patients uh, in the city. Uh, the, the sickest and the most hurt, the most injured. And so um, she dealt with a lot of uh, really, really sick people. Uh, she had this lady one time that uh, that uh, she had seemingly got a little better. Uh, but uh, she called Linda into the room and, and she said, tell my daughter I love her. And, and visiting hours had just ended and her daughter had just went out. And uh, she said, well, you, you, you just saw her and, and in two hours she can come back in here. And she said, no, the angels are here. And she died. So this song has merit. And uh, oh, bear my longing heart to him who bled and died for me. Let that just run cold chills up your back. I love the Lord today and I love this church. And, uh, let, us, let us be ever doing things that uh, he would be pleased with and, and following the Holy Spirit. And you, you share in there this song came to mind. Near my God today. Near my God today. Look at page 324. 324.
will take you farther. Would you come back now for me? Does anybody have a word of testimony or just anything you'd like to share?
I don't know how just hung and just this another thing it just came to my head a while ago and and just listen to Bo Sherry's that just near thy God to thee just uh, just that song just came to my mind. But did anybody have a word they'd like to share before Brother Steve comes up and Is it good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. It's always good to be here. Well, Brother, Brother Steve, you come. Chair. Well, I'm glad to be back over at God's house today. Nobody needed uh, this service today. I do. And uh, I appreciate uh, what it feels like being yoked up with God's people. And uh, most of all, I appreciate what it feels like to be in the presence of God and to know that He's here and, uh, and that He knows our every trouble and pain and sorrow. Uh, he already knows about all of that. And I'm, so glad of that today. Uh, I want to thank you for being here today. It's good to see our home folks and our visitors uh, that are here today. I uh, uh, appreciate my neighbor, uh, uh, John Peter, Ray Peterson, back here sitting in the back, and we appreciate him being here today. And, and uh, we appreciate Maggie's son uh, being here with us today. And uh, Brother Michael, do you want to introduce your and folks here that's sitting behind you. Uh, this is Justin and Beth McGee and their fine sons, Coy Memphis. Amen. We're, Amen. we're glad they came from Jasper this morning to be with us. Amen. 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 They came from a long way. I appreciate them being here. And I uh, uh, want to encourage you uh, today that whatever the need is that you might have in your life, I've never been one to be able to discern people's needs uh, but I know somebody that, that can today. And so whatever the need might be in your life, uh, I want to assure you that God knows all about it. And he does have the answer. Uh, and, and I say that boldly today. He does have the answer uh, to every problem that we face uh, in life today. And, and I'm glad of that. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And, and uh, it's good to see these back that have uh, been out and uh, good to see Brother Ricky and his family. We know that last week y'all had uh, decoration, and that was the first decoration uh, since Wanda had left this walks of life. So we prayed for y'all. I know it was an emotional time, but we're praying that the Lord will just bless you and get you through that. And uh, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Hebrews, the third chapter, I'd like to <clears throat> read uh, verses to you here. And uh, as we uh, tried to see God's leadership this week and, 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 and try to get him to uh, show us what he would have us to do, and, and uh, sometimes I found out that it, it uh, really comes down a lot of times to uh, late Saturday night or early Sunday morning, a lot of times before we actually get settled on what God uh, wants us to read here. But... Uh, I want to uh, uh, read to you, and, and, and I want to talk to us about the cost of unbelief today. And, and, and um, you might say, well, 
preacher, that sounds kind of down and out and discouraging, but we know today that there is a cost that comes with unbelief. I'm not talking about just a cost that comes from an unbelief in Jesus Christ, uh, but we as Christians a lot of times, and we can read about people in the Bible, uh, great men and women of God, who at times in their life had a problem with unbelief uh, 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 concerning certain things. And, 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 and I've dealt with it, and I know that you've dealt with it. But uh, uh, faith today is what God is looking for in our life. And I'm afraid a lot of times that we miss out on blessings and we, we have a lot of unnecessary worry that goes on in our life unnecessary stress strictly because of unbelief today. And, and, and somebody said, well, preacher, some things are just hard to believe. I realize that today, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. And, and so uh, let me read to you here the third chapter of Hebrews. Uh, and I believe it's the Apostle Paul here speaking, and he says, Wherefore, holy brethren, uh, partakers of the heavenly calling, he said, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. He said, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, uh, the apostle here was really stressing today, wasn't he? He was really stressing that. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? 
So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let me read that verse one more time. He says, so we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. And, and I want us to think here for just a few minutes as we uh, begin to look at this scripture and the Apostle Paul, as he's talking to the Hebrew uh, Christians here, and some of them uh, had a tendency uh, to re revert back to uh, Judaism. So the Apostle had his hands full here uh, trying to get the message across to them. And I believe that Paul had a fear uh, that these people uh, uh, were going to uh, sink back the other way. He had seen in the past and down through God's Word, and he used the example of when the children of Israel were brought out of the Egyptian bondage by Moses. They were carried into the wilderness uh, for 40 years. Uh, and the Bible teaches us uh, how that God had them there in the wilderness uh, uh, to teach them uh, that they didn't need anything uh, but God. Uh, and if he, they put their trust and their faith in Him, uh, then He would feed them in the wilderness. Uh, the Bible teaches us uh, that He fed them with manna. Uh, he gave them water to drink, uh, uh, to sustain them. Uh, and He promised them uh, how that if they would stay the course, uh, and if they would believe, uh, He would lead them uh, into a land of rest. Uh, uh, so today, how uh, uh, we see uh, uh, that back over there uh, in the wilderness, and Paul is trying to get this across uh, to the Hebrew people, uh, uh, he said uh, uh, they did not go to their rest uh, uh, because uh, of unbelief. Uh, uh, somebody said, preacher, uh, uh, the Lord ought to have a little mercy on and just let them on in there. Anyway, I'm going to tell you, he's got mercy on you and I today. And he loves us today. And he gives us grace for every need. But he looks to us to believe today. Amen. The cost of unbelief is unbelievable. <laughs> Amen. When you think about that, that what it costs them over there it is strictly because and the Bible teaches us how that Joshua and them were over there, the spies, how to search out the land, amen. How the majority of them come back, told them, said, there's giants over there. How we don't want to go. How they'll eat us alive. How we'd be like grasshoppers to them. But I'm going to tell you something. How Joshua come back and he said it's a land. How we talked about how good it was. How much food was over there? Amen today. I'm going to tell you, because of unbelief, it's going to cost us. It's already cost our folks in this land today. Because of the unbelief of God's word, what he said he will do. And he stands behind his promises today. Amen. Brother Wayne, I appreciate you singing that song. Sin will take you, Father. <laughs> and I thought about that today. And a lot of things in my life, uh, when I chose uh, to go with the devil's crowd, amen, uh, and I realized and I remembered some of the trouble uh, that I got into, some of the embarrassing uh, times that happened to me, how uh, strictly because sin had taken me, Father, then I want to go and it all stem back 
from unbelief today. I could believe that I could do anything that I wanted to do being a Christian and that God would watch over me and take care of me and I could just live happily ever after. How, but he gives us a rule how to live by today, Brother Ricky. He's got some guidelines laid down how for his people today, amen. And I'm going to tell you, if we believe that it's true, then we'll do our best to live by today. Amen. 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 There's a severe cost that comes with unbelief today. Amen. I want to read to you a few examples in God's Word of where uh, just, just little unbeliefs costed people uh, down through God's Word. And, and, and we look here and we see that uh, the Bible says uh, that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, amen. But we read in God's Word where Abraham and Sarah were on up in their years, amen. We studied about this not long ago in Sunday school. Uh, and the Lord had told them uh, that He was going to give them a son uh, way up in their years. Uh, and the Bible teaches us uh, that Sarah even laughed when she heard that, amen. And then she come back later and said, I didn't laugh, but the angel let her know you did laugh today. I'm going to tell you something today. Uh, when we begin to have unbelief in our life about anything that God says, amen, you can look to be rebuked by God today. Amen. 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 I, I begin to think about that, that, that these children of Israel over there, you know the story. They wasn't over there no time till they begin to complain and they begin to murmur over there. They begin to complain about Moses and what he was doing, what he wasn't doing. But God provided them everything that they needed at the right time. You know a lot of us today ain't satisfied unless we got something built up for a long period of time and, uh, and, and, and we'll work ourselves to death and there's nothing wrong with having things but people will work themselves to death to try to put back and put back and put back but I'm glad today how that we're serving a God that if we'll believe today and trust in Him He will provide us what we need at the time when we need it today Amen Amen we can have all kind of things put back for the future, amen? And this economy crashed, and, and it wouldn't mean a thing in the world, amen? But I'm trusting and believing that God will provide for His people today, amen? Always has and always will today. Somebody said, preacher, do you ever doubt? Yes, sir, amen. I'm human and I'm carnal just like you today. And there's times in my life where trying to believe something that God wants or something that God said, amen. I find it sometimes hard to try to comprehend that. But I've learned that if I'll take him at his word and study to show myself approved, amen, and believe and trust, that he'll do what he said he'd do. He always comes through today. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the Bible teaches us that over there that Zacharias, amen, that uh, the angel of the Lord come to him and let him know that 
uh, that him and Elizabeth was going to have a son. They were going to call him John. Amen. And you've got to understand that Elizabeth was barren. She couldn't have children. I'm going to tell you something. The grace of God and the power of God goes above all nature today. It goes above what the doctors say can't happen today. He's still performing miracles today. Amen. And the Bible said, I bet he told Zacharias over there, uh, he said, uh, you're going to have a son and his name's going to be John. And the first thing he said is, how can I know that this, these things will be? There was doubt in his mind of unbelieving that God can do that. Therefore, there was a cost that came to Zechariah and he was struck dumb. He couldn't speak till all had been fulfilled. Amen. All the kinfolks and friends was trying to think of what they was going to name that baby. Amen. And some of them might have been hollering out Peter or, or James or, or, or Ken or any names. And him, him over there just bouncing up and down. He knew what his name was going to be. But he couldn't say it because he couldn't speak. And after everybody threw all the names out there, he wrote down on a piece of paper, name should be John. Amen. You see today, unbelief causes Christians to live below our means today. It does. It really does. If I choose to believe that God saved my soul, and I know that He saved my soul, but I choose not to believe that He can take care of every problem that I face, amen, then I'm doubting. Amen. And God looks at me as someone who does not trust in Him, does not believe that He can do the things that He said He'd do, amen. So I want to encourage you today, instead of paying the cost of unbelief that can be great to each and every one of us, I want to encourage you that no matter how, uh, how uh, complicated it might look or how uh, in the odds that it might look that something that could happen today, if you'll just believe and trust in Him, watch His power and watch miracles happen today. Amen. Amen. Boy, I tell you, time and time again, through God's Word, we see time and time again where folks doubted, didn't believe. The prophet Isaiah said, Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Amen. Isaiah asked that question. Amen. A lot of us people in the church today, a lot of preachers are asking God the question, Who hath believed our report today? God says, Just keep on preaching. Amen. Just keep on standing firm on it. Amen. Lord says, It's not your job to make them believe. It's your job to deliver the mail. Amen. I realize today that what's going on here at the church, amen, to a lot of people in the world, they consider this foolishness and a waste of time or a pretty day could be doing anything under the sun. But Brother Wayne, there's no place I'd rather be right now than in the presence of God's people. It didn't take me very long when I sat down there this morning to start feeling the presence of the Lord. Amen. And knowing I, I come into this service believing He would give us a good service. Amen. Why have I got any reason to doubt and come in and say, uh, maybe the service is going to go south or maybe this ain't going to happen or that ain't going to happen. 
He says, come believe it, amen, and trust Him today. I prayed for a long time before I got here, Maggie, <laughs> that God would be in the presence of this service. You know what else I pray? I say, Lord, lead them song leaders and those that play upon the instruments, God, fill them with joy, Lord, and just uh, help them, Lord, to, 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 to pick the songs that we need to, to hear, that we need to sing, Lord. And God, when it comes a devotion time, Lord, be up here uh, with Brother Roger and help him and guide him, God. Fill him with joy, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, when it comes time for our Sunday school lesson, be with the teachers, God. Help them. And, fill, and I'm believing all the time that God's going to do this. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Somebody say, you just hoping in the wind, preacher. No, I'm putting my faith and my trust in some solid man. <laughs> you see, if he hadn't proved himself, if I was just going out on a limb with a hope that maybe, 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 that I might as well go to a palm reader. But I know from experience and I've seen every power of God. I've seen work. I've seen the times when I fought. He couldn't take a service and get it up off the ground. And boy, he'd take an old sainted lady in the service and he'd, she'd stand up with tears coming down out of her eyes and she'd begin to praise God for all. I tell you what, today, uh, Brother Chris, I've seen Sister Ruby Jo Williams, I've seen her, amen, used to be her pastor years ago. And we'd be over at Second Baptist and he'd be one of them services that was kind of uh, getting a hard time to get it started. We was trying to spray ether on it to get it going. And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, Sister Ruby Joe would stand up and wave that little old hair. And she'd begin to talk about what she is uh, praising God for, what she is thankful for, amen. And before you knew it, folks got to singing and testifying and preaching was made easy, amen. Amen. She believed that if she minded God, that something was going to happen. That's what she believed. Boy, I tell her after church, I tell her, Joe, thank you for minding God. She said, I've got too much to be thankful for. Not too. <laughs> Amen. There's a cost today that goes with unbelief. You can't get saved and then walk through this world leaning on your own understanding. You can't do that. You can't do that. I question a lot of times when I see folks that uh, have uh, that claim they've been born again, that have no need for anything of God. It makes me wonder sometimes, did they ever really get born again? Why would this group of God's people feel like they needed to be over at the house of God, worshiping God and doing the will of God when He saved another group that just feels like they don't have to do anything? God doesn't work like that. He put each and every one of us in a place in the battle today. He's got armor that'll fit you and it'll fit me. And He's got us a place in this spiritual warfare that you and I are in today. If you don't believe we're in a spiritual warfare, all you've got to do is turn on your television, read your internet, your newspaper, amen, 
And it's not new, the spiritual warfare we're in. It's not new. The Apostle Paul dealt with it way back yonder. Amen. That the warfare that was going on between his flesh and his spirit. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, it takes believing and trusting in Him to have peace. I'm just about through. The Bible said that John the Baptist was cast into prison. And this wasn't long before he was beheaded. And John the Baptist, as we know, came as the forerunner to preach Christ. He came just ahead of him. He was his cousin. He was born just a little before he came preaching Christ. He had heard of the miracles that Jesus had done. One time, John was baptizing and some of his disciples came and they said, Jesus is baptizing down yonder and more people's coming to his than they are yours. And that's when John had to remind them that one that was down there baptizing, he's the one, he's the name that we're baptizing into people. He had to remind them that he was come as a forerunner, amen, a voice in the wilderness, reed shaking in the wind. So he was cast into prison. He had heard, he had seen these things, and he called two of his disciples together, and he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go to this man Jesus and ask him if he's the one. Or should we look for somebody else? What else could the Lord have done to prove himself? He said, but go ask him. Is this the one? Or is there another? The Bible said those disciples went and they questioned Jesus and told him what, what John had asked. Jesus said, here's what you do. He said, you go back over there and you tell John. Boy, I can see a peace coming across John when he was very when he heard this. He said, you go tell them that the blind people are seeing. You tell them that lame people that can't walk are up walking around. Go tell him that the deaf, <laughs> all of a sudden they're hearing. And the dead are raised. Notice something else Jesus threw in there. He said, tell him that the poor, that the gospel be preached to. Never did. At this time, poor folks, people not high on the social ladder. Didn't have the same chance everybody else had in life. But he said, you go tell him the gospel is being preached to Let him decide for himself. The one, or does he need to look for another? And I believe when they come back and they told John that, I believe John was ready to die. He knew what God had sent him to do. He had done it. And he had preached to Jesus. So even John, had a little tough time with believing. Therefore, while we all do, we all do. 
I wrestle with things around the house that if I would just believe and trust in God, I could save myself a lot of trouble. I've told you all about my roof and the dealings that I've had with it. For years, I've had shingles slipping down and falling off. For years, I've stuck a ladder up there and I've climbed up there. Most of the time, they'd be on the steepest end, the highest from the ground. And I'd slide them back up and I'd nail them back down. And I'd get mad at the wind and I'd get mad at God for sending wind and knocking them loose and having me having to get up there and put them out. And I'd listen to Belinda time and time again holler for me, get off of that ladder, get down from there, you're going to kill yourself. So for years, I would just, roof, roof was wore out, Wayne. But I was trying to keep it preserved as long as I could. Sliding those shingles that weren't no good back up there. I just didn't believe that everything would work out so well if I went ahead and had a new roof put on. Called my insurance company and I had to look and they said, son, this is wearing tag. You can't blame this on the weather. This roof's 23 years old. It's right. It's done. And we ain't paying time. And I wrestled with that, wrestled with that. I finally got sincere with God. And I said, God, just help me, Lord, to break down and do the right thing. Get this roof replaced. I worried about folks climbing up there and falling off. A little crew from Guatemala come to the house. And they was up and down, up and down in the rain, in the thunderstorm, tearing the old roof off, putting the new roof on. And by day two, around 12 o'clock, little fella come up and he said, we threw, senor. <laughs> it was all done. But you see, because of unbelief, I wrestled with that for a long time, Brother Chris. Could have had that roof put on a long time ago. Wouldn't have had to worry about wet sheetrock. Wouldn't have had to cringe up every time it rained. But unbelief costs you more today. There's a cost that goes with it. Now let me conclude with this. I've kind of dwelled on Christians' unbelief. There's an unbelief that you can have today that will cost you for eternity. Forever and ever and ever. The Bible said there was a man named Lazarus and he was laid at the gate of a rich man. He was laid at his table there. He, he, he ate the crumbs from the rich man's table. The Bible teaches us, and this is not a parable that said there was. The Bible said he came to pass that Lazarus died and was carried up into Abraham's bosom. And the Bible said, also the rich man died. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. The Bible said that the rich man could see Abraham afar off. And somehow or another, 
through the power of God, this man who's laying in hell was able to communicate with Abraham. He said, I'm tormented in these flames. The first thing he asked, he said, please let Lazarus dip his finger in the water and touch it to my tongue, for I am tormented in these flames. I'm still going back to the cost of unbelief today. Then he said, let Lazarus go and warn my brother to avoid this place, lest they should come to this place. You see, all of a sudden, a man who cared nothing but about himself, all of a sudden started caring for his family members. He didn't want anybody to come there. Abraham let them know that they've got Moses and the prophets. So if they'll not believe them, they'll not believe one that will come back from the dead. Surely, he thought, if, it, if, if Lazarus could go back and, and tell them, warn them, amen, they would believe. There's a lot of folks today that's putting a stipulation on the gospel. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, God, if you'll do this and you'll do that, then I will believe. Let me tell you something today. The ball's not in your court. Yeah. <laughs> it's not our job to dictate to God how we will get our salvation or how we want But God simplified this thing to where he said, Whosoever will, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. No reason everybody today that everybody in this world shouldn't be going to heaven. No reason for it. Because this grace and mercy that he gave us on Calvary's cross was to every race of people, man, woman, boy, or girl. The Bible says that those that won't be there teaches us that that way to destruction is broad and that gate is very wide. He said the way to life is narrow. The gate is narrow. And he said, few there be the final. why he said that. Strictly because of unbelief. Just because of unbelief. So I want to encourage you today, if you're here and you're struggling with unbelief, maybe you've said, if God, if you'll do this or you'll do that, I'll do this. You've got nothing to bargain with. Amen. Until you see yourself, until I saw myself as a sinner. Jesus told some Jews over there one day, he said, 
Uh, he, he told them that if you'll do my word and believe that the truth will make you free. And you'll be free indeed. You know what they had the nerve to tell him? They said, we're not in bondage to any man. We're of the seed of Abraham. <laughs> Didn't even know they were lost and undone without God, did they? Didn't even know they were in bondage. But without God, you're in bondage to this world today. Without God, you're in bondage to Satan. And he will, little bits at a time, choke your life right out of you today. So I will encourage you today. Don't pay the cost of unbelief, but just believe. That's all he wants us to do. And let me tell you this. After you believe, after you believe, and you come to know Jesus as your Savior, you'll find it easier and easier to believe what he said he would do. The truth. I'm fixing to close. Somebody said, I can't believe that it rained one time and it rained upon the whole earth and that the whole world was underwater. I just can't believe that. If you get saved, you believe that. I just can't believe that three Hebrew children were cast by the king into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down to a false god. And I can't believe that there was a fourth man seen down there with them. And the king said, did I not cast three men? But I see four. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. How do you know what Jesus looked like? They didn't even have the smell of smoke on. Somebody said, preacher, that's that's a little bit too much for me to believe. You get saved, you'll believe it today. Everything in the Word of God becomes life. It becomes real when we believe to the saving of our soul. So as we stand and, and uh, Brother Wayne gets us a song, I want you to think about this today. The cost of unbelief. Boy, it's costing people everywhere, every day. The Bible teaches us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. We know that that's the right thing to do. We know that that's God's will. We don't have to even wonder about that. Amen. Yet some say, I don't need that. And you're saying, I don't believe what God says. Amen. Amen. Boy, it's a... 